When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Buckets and Tea NBA show. I'm your host, Catherine Niker. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode. Today, we have special guest, friend to the show, uh, fellow Nick Nurse fan. It's Chris Myers. How you doing? I'm I'm doing great. I'm uh, warming up my vocal cords because it's been a while since I've been on Buckets and Tea, and I got to make sure I'm in prime speaking voice for you guys i'm just coming off the injury list i'm like (laughs) just coming off from injury getting warmed up again well doing a little back stretches you look fantastic and if anyone's watching this on youtube you have like the best like lighting in your room like you look like you're in like a fancy recording studio like it's so cool like like yeah like olivia rodrigo is about to like drop a new song wherever you're at I've got, I'm not a Zoomer, but I have full on Gen Z aesthetic going on right there. I've got, (laughs) I've got the LED lights that, that change color and run around the roof of your room. And I've got like 80s throwback furniture. So I feel like I'm right now. Yeah. I mean, obviously I'm not uh, a Zoomer either, but uh, there's literally like her or Billie Eilish I could have named right now. I wouldn't, I don't even know if I would know anyone else to name. Yep. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, weird start, but, (laughs) 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 but that's fine. I just age myself in the first 30 seconds of the pod no big deal that might be a new record for this I I also may have aged myself as well but guaranteed if Catherine is bringing it on it's going to be a weird episode (laughs) 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 I always keep it weird Uh, that's the best part of this Um, All right, so we always start off with uh, NBA first and then we get into Raptors although some of our topics will probably spill into uh, Raptors stuff a bit because they're killing it right now and that's just sort of uh, what it is but I want to start off first by reviewing the MVP race so the last episode I did with the lovely Katie Heindel we talked about the uh, MVP race being uh, between uh Nikola Jokic and Joel Embiid and the more I started to think about it the more I'm like wait a second why are these the two leading the narrative not that they're having a bad season or that they don't deserve to be in the conversation but the more I started to think about it the more I'm like both Giannis and frankly Devin Booker should really be in this conversation um they have very comparable stats i think devin booker is just a little less in points right now um i'm gonna kind of do this on the fly because i have i i'm the type of person like i already have so many tabs open 
at once. The idea of opening four more tabs. Wow. Overwhelming. But anyway, (laughs) so Devin Booker, uh, aside from being, you know, uh, on the Phoenix Suns and having uh, the team's, you know, uh, best record in the league, um, he averages 26 points, uh, five rebounds and five assists uh, at a pretty high efficiency rate, uh, 46% field goal percentage, uh, just under 40% from three uh, and 86.6 free throws. I mean, and he's also like played uh, a lot of games this year. Now, he has missed some, but he's played a total of 65 games. Um, I don't know, Chris, what do you think? Well, 65 games in this season is impressive because I don't think I don't think of like there's I don't think there's uh sorry my volume just went down for a second I don't think there's any like um I don't think there's any particular player that has uh done the full run of games or will do a full run of games this year I think just because of like COVID protocols and injuries, everyone was getting injured this year. Everyone was getting sick this year. So I almost feel like the games number is not, I wouldn't factor that in as much this year as I would in regular years. So like with Devin Booker at 65 games, I think that um, stats wise and impact on the team overall, I think Devin Booker really does have a compelling case, uh, for yeah, and also and- just the fact that, um, the team didn't dip when Chris Paul went out. No, and and far and away, um, far and away, the, the Suns have been the best team in the NBA this year, they've been the most consistent, and they just are absolutely dominating the top of the West right now, and I think that that should also be taken into consideration as well. It was, it's, it's one of the few teams that have like come out of the season relatively unscathed aside from losing Chris Paul for the remainder of the season. Uh, I think that definitely needs to be taken into account. Like, and also, I mean, I don't even necessarily, I'm not even necessarily like a big fan of like giving it to like the MVP to the star player of the best team in the league. But I feel this year, they really, really deserve it because they they've just been so dominant. Like I, I think that I think that even just like on a symbolic narrative level, I think Devin Booker deserves it. Mm-hmm. And he and and having to take up that because not that Chris Paul isn't effective. I thought, you know, Chris is a key member of the team and he's a great veteran leadership president. You know, having someone like Booker who's so young in the early he's still in the early years of his NBA career, you know, taking a step in terms of leadership and really guiding the team and taking on a lot of those responsibilities that Chris had Chris Paul had from before. I just think, I I think is really admirable and I think he has an excellent case. Yeah. Um, Just a quick correction. Chris Paul has come back. He has come back. Yeah. That's okay. He is. He only came back just a couple days ago. Right. Uh, I did not, I did not notice that. Welcome back, Chris Paul. Uh, (laughs) That's all good. We're, I'm gonna watch uh, uh, some games again because you're back. Because I love. Well, you. I only noticed last night because I tuned into the game um, against the Warriors, and at one point, no joke, the um, the broadcast announcer—I can't remember his name—but he is with uh, Richard Jefferson. <laughs> he, he referred to the Phoenix Suns as the reigning champions, <laughs> and no one corrected him. <laughs> I was like, "What is going, oh going on? This is like an ESPN national broadcast." Like, wow, 
what a slap to the face. Like, I know, like, as Raptors fans, we're always like, uh, you're always, you're looking over us, blah, 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 all the time. People didn't forget that we won the championship. We didn't let them forget. Let's That's true. We didn't we let them forget. But I was like, that is bold. That is bold. Anyway, um, that's the only reason why I noticed because I felt like it wasn't like a, a huge announcement that he was back, but he's back. And, and uh, the Suns have won their last nine games and Chris Paul's only been back for the last three. So it just goes to prove how much they haven't um, skipped a beat uh, without him. And also uh, they've won the most uh, games in a regular season in their franchise history just now. They've they've made that mark. So, you know, there's a lot of significant stuff there. I think there's something to be said, like you said, for just being like extremely consistent throughout the season. And the more I thought about it, the more I was like, you know, we were kind of talking a bit before we started recording that there's just been such a lack of drama with this team that we haven't talked about them enough, but we all know they're going to, they're going to be there like deep in the playoffs. And we're just sort of like waiting for that to happen, I guess. Yep. It's um, yeah, it'll, they'll start popping into view um, once playoffs playoffs happen they clinched their spot ages ago they're 62 and 14 right now an 81 percent winning percentage that is uh one they're probably going to be hot they're probably going to be finishing in the high 60s which is incredible uh if they decide to you know keep going for the next Mm -hmm. and keep the streak up depending on like you know how monty williams wants to manage his players going into playoffs so uh, you know, that prop that's probably going to be a 65, 66 and 14, probably realistically, just to uh, allow their stars to rest up. And get yeah, that's a good point. I, ha- I hadn't considered um, rest, which uh, I mean, if you're him, that actually really makes sense because you're pretty solidified in the first seed in the West. Um, the Memphis Grizzlies are several games back. Yeah, they are at 54 and 23. So they are eight game, eight and a half games back from the yeah, So you're not going to lose the, the first seed. Yeah, there it's yeah. um it's it's physically it's it's mathematically impossible for uh Phoenix to lose the mm. top seed. So uh if I were Monty Williams being secure in the first seed, uh, I would uh, I'd probably run some G League teams towards the end there against some weaker teams and give those give your young your younger players uh, some run and uh, and get ready for playoffs because um, all points all, all, all signs are pointing that uh, there's they're probably going to be in a finals matchup with God knows who in the east right now, but uh, <laughs> yeah uh yeah i think they're uh they're the clear flavor the, the, the clear favorite to come out the west yeah um the other one i i wanted to talk about was also Giannis. so Giannis is averaging uh just shy of 30 points per game uh 11.6 rebounds and just under six assists uh also very high efficiency rates uh 55 percent field goal percentage uh, 30 from three, but you don't expect Giannis to hit the three that consistently. And uh, his free throw percentage, we know how Giannis is, but it's at 72%. So definitely not the worst, but it's also, you know, they've had a lot of injuries, but they've tried to be as consistent as they can be 
Um, they're second in the East currently, but we don't know what that means considering uh, all those teams are basically a game apart. Yeah. But I mean, I don't know. Like, I think with Giannis, because he's already won it, you know, it has such historical significance for him to have. I get, would that be his third MVP? It would be his third. Yeah, because he won back to back, right? And then people were disappointed because they didn't have the playoff success to go with it. And now that he's a champion, although everyone seems to forget, um, especially ESPN for some reason. Yeah. Um, do you almost give him one retroactively? Because I think there's a lot of historical significance to give Jokic two in a row. Yeah, I think. Um... And then it's like if they're a first round exit and he wins back to back MVPs, it's like people are going to look back at that and not necessarily appreciate that either. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I, I, that's 71, 72% from the field from Giannis. It's a market improvement because he no, was like, that's free throw. No, three throw. Yeah, but still. The, uh, from the from the free throw line, that's a market improvement for uh for Giannis because I remember like like two seasons ago he was averaging like sixty six from the line or something something yeah, ridiculously yeah. low for a player of his caliber. So good for Giannis still uh still plugging away and still getting better. And he's just about to hit his prime. Um, he just like reads like three dad jokes out of a book and then throws the book aside and then hits a free throw. It's part of his process now. That sounds like Giannis. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't, I, I'm not saying that Jokic or Embiid don't have very strong cases. They absolutely do. Actually, their numbers are incredibly comparable to Giannis, but, and they're all three of them, Jokic, Embiid, and Giannis are averaging double doubles in terms of points and rebounds. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not saying that the argument isn't there. I'm just saying that, like, it should be uh, a tighter race. And I absolutely think. Giannis and Devin Booker should be serious uh, parts of that conversation. Those three are all big men. Yeah. All bigs. They're all super versatile big men. Uh, uh, I yeah, think- who says the center's dead? You know what I mean? No, the like, center is like, it, it's either like positionist basketball or you have like one, or your star player is a center, right? Yeah, or you're stuck with Chris Stapp's Porzingis for some reason. But anyway... <laughs> I just felt like throwing a jab for no reason. Poor wizards. Um, uh, yeah, they're all bigs, um, and they're all really super versatile bigs too that can score at any time and just dominate in the paint. Um, yeah, it's like we we've either gone like completely positionless or like superstar big. That's uh, that's 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 uh, that's new. I feel like that's a very very new thing. Um, I also think Giannis definitely has a very strong MVP case. Uh, Bucks are second in the East. They've been pretty consistent. Um, But I think I feel less bad about Giannis not getting it this year because I think there's still a chance for him to get a third or fourth um, regular season MVP award for him. He could... I think he has so much time. He's still super young and he's just hitting his prime. So there is time for him to get even better and win even more awards. Um, He's a proven winner. He's a champion, Uh, even though uh, ESPN forgot about it because uh, if uh, 
the Bucks are have always been sort of low key um, and ignored, kind of like the Raptors. Uh, I think we definitely have that in common with them. Uh, but I think Giannis still has so much time, and he feels very loyal to Milwaukee. And uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about. Not that he doesn't deserve it, but I just feel like no, he's got time. He's got time. So with all of that being said, who is your MVP this year? I think I would give it to Jokic or I would give it to Booker. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I think um, if you can give if you can give Giannis two years ago uh, a regular season MVP, I think you could definitely justify giving it to Jokic and just sort of keeping the nuggets in the game. And they're well coached too, Malone's fantastic um and the fact that they've been you know managing pretty well without jamal murray i miss jamal a lot mm-hmm. uh, and his presence is definitely missed and if he were in the series in, in this if he were playing with the the nuggets this year i think they would definitely be higher higher ranked like they'd be up there with the grizzlies and the and the uh, the mavericks and the top seats but um uh i think because of where they are in the standings, they're sixth right now. I think they're sixth or seventh in the West right now. Let me double check that. Uh, they are. They're fifth. They yeah. just moved up. The, moved the Jazz up. have lost five in a row. Ooh, I feel. I, I remember the last time I was on your pod, I was saying the Jazz might have a good chance mm-hmm. because they weren't getting sick and they've been consistent. Uh, unfortunately, like my prediction uh, seems to be. <laughs> wrong on that one i know i was really kind of like betting on the jazz last season and then i was like i can't bet on you again no they just they are uh, i am sadly i i i haven't learned my lesson to never bet on the Utah Jazz. well and like i i mean it might be kind of shady of me but like i haven't been watching a lot of jazz games so i don't actually know why they've lost five in a row but suddenly they are only two games out from the play-in I mean, the Timberwolves have all, have lost two in a row. Although I th- uh, Rudy but... Gobert is on the injury list right now, so he's not playing for them. So that oh, would, well, that explains that it. probably uh, that's probably why um, they've dropped in the standings a fair bit. Um, they were doing they were doing fine uh, earlier in the season when Rudy Gobert was in full health, but <laughs> he is sadly has he's been out for a little while, and that's definitely take caused the team to uh, take quite a hit um offensively and defensively so that's why the um that's why the, the nuggets have been able to overtake them but the fact that the nuggets are in fifth right now you know with uh, i think that that i think i'm more willing to give Jokic the mp3 and have him do like two in a row but i also said mp3 and i love you Oh my goodness. Um, I, it's been a while. You do look like you're in a recording studio, so it really, like, it makes sense. It's been a while. I'm sorry. This I, podcast, podcast turns into muscles. an MP3 eventually. So. True. It does. <laughs> my podcasting muscles still need to be stretched out. Uh, and the podcasting muscle being my brain. <laughs> I, I'm more, I would be more forgiving of, uh, of uh, Jokic as the MPV, MVP. I almost said M- I almost said DVP like Don Valley Parkway or whatnot. I need to stop. Um, I'd be more willing. I'd be more willing to accept Jokic getting the award again, 
but I would prefer if Devin Booker got it simply because the Suns have just been so good and he's been so good and he's just had they've just been just quietly dominating the West for so long and uh, I think I think uh, he should definitely get it. The, the the Suns need to win something. They need to win an award this year. Like Booker needs to win MVP, or or like Monty Williams needs to be the coach of the year or something. They they deserve recognition. I think Monty Williams is a lock for coach of the year. Oh, good. Okay. Yeah. That's good because yeah, I think he, that's a lock. Because he's my pick too. He he needs to be coach of the year. Yeah. Um, like I I don't know. Like Spolstra might get some votes but that miami brawl i don't know and that he might get more votes because of the miami brawl yeah uh, handle the egos on the miami heat who are second in i think they're second right now in the west or first no they are first and they are first currently still as we record this which is on thursday march 31st and i say that because this can very well change by the time the episode's out but yeah i mean spolster might get some votes um I think uh, Billy Donovan in Chicago had some momentum earlier in the season, but I don't think that's there now. No, they've, they've um, won games. They've dropped too far on the standings. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure Monty Williams is a lock for that. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, maybe that's how voters will look at it. Like, they're going to get coach of the year. And you'll get just stats. Um, we read the other, so I might as well read his. He's at 26.5 points a game. 13 rebounds, eight assists. The eight assists is especially impressive uh, with 58% field goal percentage. So, again, really high efficiency there. Uh, 34% from three, which I think was a bit higher than Giannis. Uh, and 81 from the free throw line. He's almost averaging a triple-double. Yeah, and he's really uh, close. He's two assists away wow. from a triple-double. Yeah. Uh, just a triple-double game. Yeah. So, yeah, I do think it probably does still go to Jokic, but yep. I just think that, like, Booker should have been a bigger part of the conversation throughout the season is all I guess yeah. I'm really saying. Um, but, yeah, okay, so let's turn our attention towards another uh, award, and that is Rookie of the Year. So um, my question for you is, so Evan Mobley uh, has an injury right now. The poor Cavs just falling apart at the end right now. And I'm wondering, do you think that this changes uh, his narrative for Rookie of the Year? Because he he was pretty much leading this um, the whole season. Yeah, he rolled his ankle a few days ago. Um, do you think he still comes out on top? Or do you think Cade or even Scotty Barnes can make a, a last-minute push here? Uh, no. Um, I'm just going to say it from now to future listeners who may be uh, going going through the, the Buckets and Tea archives. Uh, justice <laughs> for Scotty Barnes. Justice for Scotty Barnes, okay? <laughs> Scotty Barnes should be Rookie of the Year. He will not win Rookie of the Year. Uh, I'm very sad to admit that. If I am wrong, you can flood my Twitter DMs with, haha, you were wrong. But I'm, I'm pretty sure Evan Mobley still has it pretty locked. Yeah, I um that's okay. I I hope the 
like I would hate to see you get any haters over that. Um, and the the buckets and tea archives are hard to find now because <laughs> I merged with the entire rap cast uh, podcast feed. So I think it has to be a direct link that I sent to somebody now. Yeah. Um, but it does still exist uh, if uh, anyone's trying to cancel me for something. <laughs> this hasn't existed for that long. You. They'll be they'll be writing in to you to make sure that you cancel me so I never come on your show ever again for being mean to Scotty Barnes and, and this is not me being mean to Scotty Barnes I'm just uh, I, I'm I, I I in my heart of hearts in my heart of raptor homiest hearts I think Scotty Barnes should be rookie of the year he is the most he is math the numbers support him in terms of like overall impact he's had on the team and win share and all of that stuff he should win he's not going to because of evan mobley evan mobley is amazing and i just feel like the narrative has spoken on that so to speak kind of like mm. how i feel like i almost feel like that's a certain it feels like a certainty even though um cleveland's kind of faltering a little bit at the end here but it's uh you know the plan. They're they're probably going to play in the plan, but the, I don't know if the plan really counts for like regular season. Um, no, I don't think it does. No. So like, yeah, if we look at if you if you look at the the overall regular season he's had with Cleveland, I just I just think the media is just going to reward him and over Scotty, even though I think like especially recently. Um, well, the numbers between Scotty Barnes, Evan Mobley, and Cade Cunningham are really really close. They are close. And um, I think if there was more regular season to be had, then Evan Mobley might lose it in the last in the last stretch. But I don't think from a voter's perspective, they're going to pay enough attention to the Raptors or the Pistons to uh, to make up their mind either way. But I do think it's really close. And the Pistons have been pushing Cade for Rookie of the Year more and more. I don't know if they're pushing for him harder than Matt Devlin is pushing <laughs> for Scotty Barnes. It kind of throws me off when he says Scotty Roy because it, it, it makes me think of the show Succession. Yeah. Because their last names are Roy. So I'm like, wait, what? Long lost family member, Scotty Roy Barnes. Yeah, that would be a very odd odd cameo. I can't see Scotty Barnes on Succession. He's just too sweet. That would be a very, very bad storyline on Succession. (laughs) That's a real Jump the Shark episode. Scotty Barnes on Succession. Uh... Please don't do it, HBO. He's just such a baby face. Like, I can't see it at all. But anyway, um, yeah. I mean, I just thought I put the question out there because I started questioning myself about how I feel about all these awards. I I do think it's really close. Like, I do think as a result of this injury, Cade Cunningham, especially Cade, is going to get more votes because he does lead everybody in points. That is true. He he does lead everyone in points. I will give Cade that. Um, I just, I just feel. Oh, he also leads everyone in assists. Yeah. I just feel that mm, you don't necessarily have to be on the best team, but I think you should be on a better team. You just think you shouldn't be on the worst team? <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't be on the worst team. Rookie of the Year shouldn't be on the worst team. <laughs> should be on, a, on at least an average team. 
Yeah, the only, but I, I guess sort of the uh, the counter to that would be like trying to give another team some sort of like encouragement. I, I that is fair. That is very fair. Um, yeah, I think Mobley gets it, but I I think overall, like this rookie class is like fairly sensational. And I think it's one of those rookie classes we'll look back at and be like, wow, that was really, really strong. That was a really solid draft class. Yep. Yeah. Like more than people thought. Yeah. You've got at least three or four generational players coming out of that rookie class, which is um, very impressive. Mm -hmm. Um, It's, it's far more memorable than last year's rookie class. I think for sure. Like, as you said that, my eyes widened. I was like, wait, who the hell were the rookies last year? Right? See, that just proves my point. <laughs> now this now this is bugging me. Who was the rookie of the year last year? Mellow Ball. Oh. Oh, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. well, Mellow being um Probably the only really memorable. I mean, Anthony Edwards too. Yeah, I was gonna say Anthony Edwards, but, but uh, James Wiseman has been injured basically all year. Yeah, that was uh, that so was. He hasn't uh, panned out yet. Yeah, hasn't quite panned out yet. It's still early on. They're still only in their second season, so things yeah. can change. But it's uh, this 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 rookie class has been the clear, clear, clear winner in terms of the last maybe four or five years of rookie classes i don't know if i'd go back that far. maybe not save for like i'd say like there's the trey luca here i would go back to trey luca and there's this well we don't know what's happening with zion but zion john morant like yeah, yeah. But, but anyway i think i would say i would definitely say like going back to trey luca like it like that's like i feel like it's sort of like that level of impact this year except it's three at least three players it's mm-hmm. those two mm-hmm. uh yeah the rookie it's it, it I, I you can make a compelling argument for any of them even though my raptors heart homer heart of hearts says scotty should win it and totally should uh and i feel like he ha- i feel like he's had the most impact but um uh yeah i i'm not i'm not upset too much just a little you're just disappointed i'm not upset i'm just disappointed a little disappointed that it's not going to be scotty yeah although you know i don't know it could change we don't know that for a fact we just think the narrative won't shift enough in time i could be pleasantly surprised just like us picking scotty barnes on draft night instead of jalen suggs (laughs) like everybody needs to like we all need to have a collective throwback Thursday where we recall our Jalen Suggs takes and have a, a, a nice little laugh and sigh and and just pat our, our little Raptors anxiety, you know, just comfort it somehow and, and put it away. <laughs> I, I might have been one of the very few people that was super happy with that pick because I, I sure mean, let's go back to twitter and find out oh yeah no i brought, <laughs> I, I dug up my receipts the other day and <laughs> i what i did was when i saw it happen um it was me and um someone else from raptors twitter posted the uh ha 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 meme with the guy wearing the sickos t-shirt looking in the window going ha 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 yes 
<laughs> and that was my reaction to the Scotty Barnes draft getting picked at four. It's just like, <laughs> it's going to be great. And it was. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. But also you can interpret that as just like, ha ha ha, look at us shaking things up. Not like, oh, this is going to be great. So there's really nice spin on that, Chris. Congratulations. Up to interpretation, but I was I was genuinely excited for. Um, <laughs> I was genuinely excited. I, I was I was excited for his turtleneck because in July I was I like, was this man won't complain that it's cold, which is what we need. I'm wearing a turtleneck too, for all of our YouTube viewers uh, who get to see my pretty face. I'm also wearing uh, a turtleneck. Okay, it's not as nice as Scotty Barnes's, but. Uh, I, 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 I it's fantastic. appreciate we uh okay we gotta move on Chris <laughs> we're like diving into your turtleneck now <laughs> to I told on. you it was gonna get weird <laughs> you. okay let's look at the east all right we need to look at the east standings um it is as we know a very very tight race every Raptors fan is watching this extremely closely um my thing, what I was thinking about before um, we started recording is if you're the Heat or the Bucks who stand at one and two currently uh, in the Eastern Conference, how would you feel if you ended up facing the uh, the Brooklyn Nets in the first round? Hmm. I think it would depend on the matchup because I think I would feel differently if I were different teams. I think um i think if i were the bucks i would be pretty confident because you would have momentum from the second round last year even though they um narrowly escaped the second round of with the nets because of uh kevin durant's slightly shortened toe and mm-hmm. if half if he had half a shoe size more that would have been a three-pointer and they probably would have won and gone on to the chip but i think um I think that might be uh, a slightly less intimidating matchup if I'm the Bucks than I am if I am the Heat. Um, uh, I I mean the Heat are at the top of the East right now, but um, you're not confident in that team. I'm not confident in them. <laughs> I don't know why. Kyle Lowry aside, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if I was am- it the brawl. It, you know, it might have been the brawl that may have um, that may have changed my opinion of them somewhat. I, I, it almost sort of I hope it resolves before playoffs, but it feels like mm, I feel like that tension could um, I feel like that tension could maybe get in the way in playoffs and throw things off. But um, hopefully you know, if I'm the Heat and I'm playing the Nets, you know, I hope, you know, maybe I can beat them. Uh, and the Nets just haven't been as consistent either. So I, I it could be kind of a toss up. But, well, it's uh, just, yeah, like I, I mentioned it because it's funny to me that uh, people are trying to like, like the Raptors is trying to get out of the plan for obvious reasons. But I feel like the narrative is more about like getting out of the plan so you don't have to face the Nets. Yeah, but I think it would be worse to face the Nets in the first round of the playoffs because if you're seventh in the East, which currently the Cavs are, you if you lose that game, you have a second chance 
between the Hornets or the Hawks. Mm-hmm. And that's a very winnable game. And I think I, I'm not a fan of the Nets, but if they're, if they're locked in, you don't want to face that team. No. No. Yeah, I don't want to face that team unless I'm I'm less I'm unless even then if I'm not the if I'm the Bucks like even then I'm still a little wary like I still think my chances are better if I'm the Bucks. If you're the Bucks, you only have to lose two games. Yeah, and the Sixers win two games to for this to suddenly not be a problem anymore. Yep, it's just very wild to me that like that isn't a bigger conversation. Yeah. Like, are they not afraid of the Nets? I mean, not that they would ever admit it. Yeah. But like, I would be. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they're only they're all like the only reason they're in eighth is because of injuries and availability. Yeah. That's it. Like, they're not in eighth for any other reason. Nope. It's uh, it is not a um, it's not a reflection of the quality of the team at all. It's uh, it's just circumstantial. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I uh, I didn't put this question in, but I'm going to ask before we move on to our Raptors Homer moment. And this is sort of a an early introduction into that segment out of the top four teams currently sitting in the East. So the Heat, the Bucks, the Sixers or the Celtics, who would you prefer to face off in the first round? Hmm. That's a tough question um, because all of those matchups are difficult for us. Um, I think in terms of precedent, uh, I think uh, a Sixers-Raptors matchup would be uh, not so bad because I feel like um, we sort of have a handle on on Embiid. You know, the the, the X factor now being... um, James Harden, but I think that um, in terms of our skill sets, we're pretty capable of can- containing the Sixers, and I think that we could make that a really interesting series with them. I think that we could make that another six or seven game series with the Sixers easily, and I think that might be pretty winnable for us. Um, the Celtics are a bit of a question mark for me because of um, injuries and yeah. because and that game from a few nights ago where we had to slug it out in OT against a depleted Celtics team. A very depleted team. So it's not I that- was less excited about that win than most people, to be honest. Yeah. Like I it would- was entertaining to watch, but I'm like, they are missing four out of five starters. Like yeah. this is not good. They're missing their best, they're missing all their best players. And um the fact that it took that much to uh beat them. I'm happy for that dub because we really needed it. Yes. But I don't want I don't want seven games of that. I just don't. I that that's that Boston series from the bubble was stressful enough on me. I don't know if I could handle that again. Oh my god. And I have said several times that that bubble series, we made Daniel Tice look like a damn all-star in that series. And I do not want to go through that again. No. Yeah. I don't I don't I don't wanna I don't wanna do that either. Um I would I, I think my ideal matchup would be the Sixers because um we just seem to we have their number a lot of the time and uh, yes and we can play on their trauma instead of another team playing on ours exactly there you go i say we take advantage of so my my matchup would be the sixers Um, yeah i actually i agree with you i i'm not 
I'm not going to say I am confident against any of these top four teams in a playoff series. Let's like, let's be clear. We are, uh, we would not be a favorite in any of these. Um, but I think the Sixers would be, <laughs> would be my pick because um, I just, I'm not a big believer in their depth. No. That's really what it comes down to. Like, like um, Thibel's good, but you know, they lost Seth Curry in that trade. And I think that was pretty significant. And uh, James Harden, I feel is maybe inclined to, to sleep on us a bit. Um, and he hasn't, you know, he's just not his former self at this point anymore. And um, we do have enough defensive weapons i guess to throw at him and like i'm so like we, you know we've been talking a lot about how pascal has improved and he's gotten back to his all nba level and that's like super super exciting and i'm so excited for that um but i've been very impressed and surprised by precious achua's growth um since the all-star break and i feel more confident in his defensive abilities i mean Embiid's gonna get his but I do feel a lot more confident in his defensive abilities than I did uh, only a few months ago. So that would be my pick as an ideal matchup. And if it started today, that would be the matchup. But yeah, I'm not going to sit here and say that like we're the favorite. No, um, I'm not sure if we're the favorite. But I think in terms of just like historical precedent, at least under um, the Nick Nurse system, Embiid and Harden seem to be two of the superstars that post Kawhi leaving, we've been able to have like a good handle on. Like um, I was there for the zero point Embiid game a couple seasons back. And um, since then that we've, we've, we've found a lot of ways to just contain that team and contain Embiid and Harden as well. We always, we always give Harden a hard time. Uh, because we're always like doubling him and tripling him and uh, just throwing everything we have at Harden. And uh, I find that that's usually pretty effective. Like it doesn't, it doesn't win us games all the time, but he is one of the, the, the more higher power, the one of the higher caliber player caliber players that are a little easier for our team to handle. So, um, and considering the lack of depth, as you said, on the Sixers, I think like, I think we've got a really good chance of winning that series. I don't know. It's I, I don't. I'm definitely not the favorite, but we've got definitely got a fighting chance in that series. So that oh, would yeah. be my personal preference. The other ones are a little scary to me. <laughs> I completely agree. Yeah. Um, with that, okay, let's officially move into our Raptors Homer moment now. All right. Um, this Sunday, Kyle Lowry is making his return finally to Toronto. He has not played a game in Toronto since before the pandemic. That's, that's right. Like he hasn't is, actually been here in yeah. over two years. It's, it's wild. It is so wild to think about. Like he's worn our Jersey, of course, and he played for us, but like, like what I mean is like, he's worn like things that say Toronto on them, but he hasn't physically been in Toronto in two years. Yeah. We never so he's that. finally coming back. Uh, you know, I don't have tickets to this game, uh, but people who did thinking it was going to be Kyle's second return, uh, lucked out because it is the return. 
how how are you are you prepared have you purchased snacks are you are you thinking about that already where where are you at with this um i am in a good place with Kyle because I've because I've watched and I haven't been watching as many heat games lately Uh, I haven't really been watching a lot since he went on that personal leave for a little while I kind of lost I lost track of heat games but um I've seen enough heat games where I've gotten a little used to uh, Kyle being in the heat jersey um so it's not too too surreal for me but um i think the surreal part's gonna hit is when i see him at scotiabank and he's not a raptor i think i just think that that's gonna be the point where it finally kind of hits me and uh i I gotta i have i have snacks um i I have many snacks i'll probably have to bake something oh that's a good idea yeah i should i should uh we should make i should make something i should make a special baked good for the return of kyle lowry but i don't know what to i don't know what kind of dessert i would make in kyle's honor maybe like maybe something like a peak like like pecan pie or something something thanksgiving oh yeah of the the thanksgiving drives as he said it i was like something hearty yeah you know? <laughs> like like a like a pecan pie um or like something with like a pumpkin or a sweet potato pie Something really hearty. Yeah. Uh, So unrelated to Kyle, I was having a day Mm -hmm. and I ordered, I ordered Domino's pizza and then I ordered a lava cake and I was so disappointed in the lava cake that I told myself I should just make these myself. And then I looked up how to make lava cakes and it's not as hard as it looks. No. They're so really- I'll probably and and I actually have because I I do enjoy baking. I have literally all the ingredients already because yeah. I have like leftover chocolate chips and stuff from another recipe. Maybe I'll just bake lava cakes for myself, yeah. and then I can emotionally eat all of them. <laughs> emotional baking and emotional eating for Kyle Mallory. Okay, so you're gonna make chocolate lava cakes, which excellent choice for Kyle. Yeah. I feel like he would be a chocolate lava cake fan. And then I'm going to make some kind of pie or dessert that you would make normally thank make at Thanksgiving with sweet potato pecan. Because you're thankful for his time here? I am very thankful for his time here. I'm going to give thanks to Kyle and all Via desserts. Via desserts in his honor. I still have um, the photo of him pointing at the Larry O'Brien at the parade i still have a big framed photo of that in my room mm. uh, and uh I, I, every every time i look at that photo i feel i feel i feel warmth uh and and gratitude for uh for him being such a wonderful player and 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 being a a, a great person for toronto and uh, uh being an ambassador of the city spirit so like i'm i'm just i'm just i'm just grateful i'm not mad I'm just, I'm happy. It's, you know, when you have like a really good breakup and you're just like happy for your ex, that's just how I feel about Kyle Lowry. (laughs) You're happy for your ex. I got closure. We got, I got lots of closure. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen them thrive at a distance. You know, it's, uh, it's, 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 it's good. It's nothing but love. It's going to be so weird when he takes a charge. 
Yeah. I think of Kyle Lowry every time. I hope they don't give it to him. I hope they make it a blocking foul, even if it's a clear charge. Yeah. I just feel like he can't take a charge against us. It just feels unnatural. That would feel very strange. Yeah. And and you know he's going to try so hard to get that, to get that crowd reaction and everything. I'm pretty sure he's going to cry. Yeah, I think he's going to I don't cry. know what the official over-under is on that, but I think he's going to cry. I'll probably cry. I'll probably cry when he cries. Uh, yeah, if he cries, I'll cry. That's the, th- that's the big question. Will I cry before Kyle? <laughs> I'm not sure. Should we... Um... Unless I start crying right now, in which case, yes, I've officially cried before Pre-entively. Kyle. Pre-entively. I, it's like when you call like um, shotgun days in advance of a road trip. <laughs> I was just gonna say if you need to cry on camera, I'm 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 here for you. Oh, I, I will try sweet. to send a box of Kleenex through the camera, through the internet to you. Thank um, you. Well and- we uh I'm not a, I don't do the Raptors Republic lives so yeah. <laughs> which is probably for the best. Uh so that won't be a huge issue but Man, I can't believe it's finally going to happen. And uh, you've inspired me to bake uh, lava cakes, something that's just been on my mind over the last week after that horrendous lava cake via Domino's Pizza. And uh, I'm going to, okay, that's going to be my plan. That's going to be fun for us. Uh, Okay, so I have a silly question for you, even though the last question was already silly, but that's what we do here. Um, You know, we've got, Matt Devlin, uh, you know, doing all our games. Uh, it started off with Freddie All-Star, made him an All-Star. Now we've got, uh, you know, All-NBA Siakam, right? And now even in the U.S., he's a part of all the uh, All-NBA conversations now. And now we already said it earlier, Scotty Roy um is matt if matt devlin is this powerful this is my question for you if we get matt devlin to call me Catherine csa niker 25 times in two months will it come true and for those who don't know (laughs) a csa is a canadian screen award (laughs) yes uh it's uh are you are you are you nominated for a canadian screen award no not yet Although, okay. uh, me, I don't think um, any of the shows I worked on were eligible in time. Maybe next but Maybe next year. Have Matt Devlin start from now. Get some juju going. Yes. Get some momentum going. And I think, I think that could be possible. I think. I, I tweeted think- out that Matt Devlin should call me Catherine Egot Niker, but that was too ambitious. That's very ambitious. <laughs> like Catherine bring it down a notch I, I mean would... I just thought EGOT was funny because of the of the uh, uh, of the initials but yeah it is it is very funny uh, but I would never put that much pressure on anyone let alone myself or any of my friends <laughs> like only so many people on the planet have an EGOT but I'm like yeah. I'm gonna write a TV show I'm gonna write a play I'm gonna write a movie and then a comedy album and somehow <laughs> 
We'll put it somehow, together. somewhere. Somehow, no, but a CSA is far more realistic. Right. Um, it's just, it's just this thing that Matt has been doing this season that I have to point out. Just this manifesting. It's like something new he's really brought to the calls. I'm noticing it more. Like he doesn't. I feel like he doesn't shout out like cities and places across Canada as much or at all. Mm-hmm. But he's doing this like manifesting thing for the players, and it, and it's really like I feel like it's working. I feel like there's something about Matt Devlin's voice, perhaps, or his cadence. He's not necessarily like the most exciting announcer in the NBA. But there is something oddly hypnotic about his voice when I, fi- I find when I listen to broadcasts and I find that perhaps subliminally he's having an effect on people who are watching Raptors home feeds of games and slipping through very, very not so subtle suggestion that, oh, yeah, we should definitely, definitely vote for Pascal Siakam for all NBA. And Freddie Van Fleet for all defense, and and Scotty Barnes for Rookie of the Year. Maybe well, he hasn't started the Freddie all defense. I'm, I'm uh, putting, putting that suggestion out there. Just 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 all the awards. Everyone gets an award. Every Raptor gets an award. We're gonna get like most <laughs> player for Precious Chua. We'll, we'll get another Cody for Nick Nurse. Something. We'll do something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Something for everybody. Uh, Gary Trent Jr. is. Um, Mr. Congeniality, because everyone in Toronto seems to love Gary Trent Jr. And I think oh, he did he, work for that. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think Gary Trent Jr. just deserves an award for being so likable and so good. <laughs> and so good looking. Yeah. Um, <laughs> my mom, My mom jokes about how good looking gary trent jr is and how good looking she thinks she is and i say you and half the women of toronto mom (laughs) (laughs) uh not that not that he isn't good looking he's uh he's very good looking um but uh he's very popular and i think just get an award for popularity honestly if if your mom was in that lineup she would really stand out she would stand out and i think she would have a chance she he would be uh he, he would be- definitely notice her yeah he would notice my mom <laughs> yeah he absolutely would uh with that let's end this with even more silly shenanigans as we always do that is our nick nurse hottie moment uh, uh chris for anybody who doesn't know chris is my number one uh nick nurse researcher uh really is uh, well you're on the pulse of everything but i find you know you're so good at finding all the Nick Nurse stuff. I'm so terrible. I didn't read this very interesting article that you sent me, but uh, he was featured in the Toronto Star earlier this week. Um, and do you want to tell us a bit about it? I'm asking you to bail me out of the segment, Chris. Yes. So um, there was an article in the Star. If you remember, if, I'd say like about a year ago, there was a, a feature on Nick Nurse in GQ magazine about uh, jazz music and how much he likes Thelonious Monk. So the same author uh, pitched his very first story to the Toronto Star about uh, Nick Nurse and his cousin and how they have sort of like a weird two-member book club. And his cousin sends Nick Nurse 
all these different books to read because Nick Nurse uh, is a man of letters and has and has it's been officially confirmed that he does have his PhD. A so man of letters. Yes, he's an official man of letters. He is a doctor nurse now. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so uh, I was. Uh, I'm shocked that that hasn't caught on more all season long. Yeah, like, he's, he's not that pinky ring because now. of having a doctorate now. I can't believe. That's something that Matt Devlin should be doing on the call too, calling him yeah. Doctor Nurse. Call him Doc Nurse. Oh my God, that would be hilarious if it was if they were if everyone was calling him Doctor Nurse. Something I've know. wondered all year long. Yeah, and um, the article did confirm that he does have his PhD now. He has graduated, uh, and he has got he's got his full doctorate in uh, uh, philosophy, of all things. It's a it's a Doctor of Philosophy, and. Um, uh, he's, uh, you know he's, what I gotta do. Sorry, uh, as as we are uh, talking about this. So earlier today on the Raptor show with Will Lou and Alex Wong, mm -hmm. they went on this whole tangent about how the Raptors have like a nickname problem. Yeah. Like none of the guys have like really good nicknames or or are fans of their own nicknames and stuff yes. like that. I'm gonna I'm gonna message Alex Wong tonight and be like, why aren't we calling Nick Nurse a doctor nurse? And well, let's see if we let's see if they talk about it. I'm gonna yeah. message him and I'm gonna see if they they talk about it on the show. If, I really want this to be. We a have, if we have a playoff series with Philly, we have to start calling Nick Nurse Doc Nurse. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> We have to do it. We would we, we, just to um, just to mess with Philly fans because of Doc Rivers. So you have Doc Nurse versus Doc Rivers. Okay, that has to be a thing. This is why the Philly series has to happen. Yes, you're absolutely right. This is what this is Doc the true manifestation Doc. of everything. Forget my CSA. <laughs> that has to wait till next year. For now, it has to be all about this. Yeah, it, that has to happen. That joke needs to be made. Matt Devlin has to call Nick Nurse Doc Nurse oh on my God. a broadcast at, at least once because of, because he's a doctor now. He's an actual doctor now. Um, uh, I love this so much. Um, uh, just to recap, that Toronto Star article is about Nick Nurse's love of books and yeah. how he shares books. He has with a copy of Sapiens on his desk, and that made me very happy. <laughs> <laughs> it's all like coaching coaching literature sapiens i'm like oh cool based nick nurse amazing <laughs> it's one of those books that like so many people uh, have re i've read that book yeah, and, I'm, I and i'm not an avid reader necessarily but it was one of those i picked up during the pandemic books yeah i love that book mm -hmm. um, I, that's one of, one of my favorite books i've read in the last little while i love sapiens mm. and yeah very happy to see that a copy of that sitting on his desk and um he gave uh, a, a a biography of Thelonious Monk as well which is highly rated um sneaking in that love of jazz again uh he's very very big on on Thelonious Monk so uh I think there was uh, another article recently that he that talked about his big jazz record collection as well he has something like three thousand records in his collection which is massive mm -hmm. he bought uh, a portion of it off like a jazz like a, a jazz collector a few years ago so now he has like this this archive of rare jazz records as well so um i i feel like um i feel like uh between like sapiens and and jazz records i feel like nick and the doctorate i feel like um Nick Nurse has gone like full intellectual off 
a court. Like I, I bet like the, his not it's not even his real voice. I bet in secret he like uh he puts on a British like, accent. Like Mr. Peabody. <laughs> Sherman and Mr. Peabody. He's like the Mr. Peabody quiet you. Oh and, my god, that's so and, funny. And, and the whole Iowa thing is a ruse. <laughs> <laughs> to keep people off this train. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all that time in Europe, how did he keep that Iowa yeah. accent, right? He kept that it mid- on thick, right? Oh, my goodness. Well, Chris, we have reached the end of what's what has otherwise been an absolutely delightful episode. Um, thank you so much for joining me and having uh, a lovely, silly time. Uh, I seriously am going to message Alex Wong about Dr. Nurse. I don't think I have this kind of power or pull, but I promise everyone who listens that I will try. And yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Start the Doc Nurse campaign right now. People will know that that it started right here on this show with Chris and myself. And uh, yeah, great. Look at us attempting to contribute to pop culture. Um, Chris, thanks again. I really appreciate it. Uh, Let us know uh, where we can find you on the internets. Yes. Uh, I've unprivated my Twitter now, so uh, you can, you can find me and you can follow me and I might even talk to you. At at Chris underscore underscore Myers. So it's K R I S underscore underscore m-y-e-r-s myers like mike myers um uh, and i will i i will talk to you about basketball or, or weird movies uh i might i might share some of my baking with you you never know i got my my, my flowers are starting to grow in in my garden uh you, you can get some flower updates as well and just uh uh you know stuff like that i'm more social these days i'm a little more open to talking to random strangers on the internet about basketball <laughs> just in time for the playoffs so that's a good time for that to kick in uh you can follow me on twitter or instagram at it's me underscore Catherine, spelled c-a-t-h-r-y-n thanks so much for tuning in and we'll catch you next time bye